Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Hello. Am I working? I'm on. Yes, I'm Yes, on. you're on. And welcome to Happy oh. Jack's RPG Podcast, Season 19, Episode 18. Did I say my name? No, you did not. Nope. My name is Stu. <laughs> Hi, this is Stork. I'm trying to get... Oh, I got my phone on vibrate there. Finally figured it out. And to my right is my, is my daughter, Emily. Hi. Hi, I'm Emily. I heard some news today. Oh, boy. Norway. <laughs> Norway has begun barcoding their naval vessels so that when they pull into port, they can Scandinavian. <laughs> I'm Proby Tim. <laughs> You're not funny. He's doing dad jokes. That's his <laughs> new thing. That's my new thing. It's dad jokes. <laughs> clapping. It was good. It was good. That was, it was funny. a good one. Good. I, I test them all out at my work during the day, and I got more laughs with groans. More laughs than groans with that one. Well, if you tell enough of them, maybe they'll be grown up. Oh. You're not funny. Nope. <laughs> it's another dad joke. Puns are not allowed to be funny. That's the rule. There's a rule. In this episode of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, Taylor on asks how to how to frustrate characters without frustrating players. Hmm. Uh, Andreas muses about role playing without the fantastic. Zoomfarg asks about running a cyberpunk noir sort of game, Ooh. and Axel has some thoughts about passive players. But first, if you'd but like first. to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We are on the social meteors. Uh, we're on Twitter. The meteors. Uh, Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. And we're also on the Instagrams. Happy can they, Jacks can RPG, they comment on the meteors? Word. Yes, they can comment on the meteors. No, comment on the meteors. Hey, uh, you can also, if you'd like to watch us live, we stream this show <laughs> a Friday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Go to Happy Jacks. Happy Jocks. Happyjacks.org slash See, now you're making live. an asteroid of yourself. Ha- I know, I am. <laughs> Happy Jocks, that's a totally different it's podcast. Prob- <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, Wait, let me Google that. that. <laughs> Happyjacks.org slash live. And therein you will find our chat room. And our chat room is there. Hello, chat room. Hello. Hello. Hi, chat room. I see Clan Hannah and Sir Guido and... Savage talker of the hill people. You really need Boston a mirror. For that. I know, it, it's like the magic mirror from from Rump, Romper Room. Romper Room. Uh, and this is the and uh, yeah, that's it. See, that was a really old show when we were all kids. Romper Room, and they had a little mirror. And they went around the room. No. And they said, I see stew. It's on YouTube. Stork. It's on YouTube. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Stewy and Storky and Tandy. That's right. That's right. It would have been. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. So you just bring in your speed. Okay. So, frustration from Taylor-on. Hey, Stu. Short one here. Is that his name? Either that or he's... Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's secure enough. How how can you make the characters frustrated without making the players frustrated? Thanks, Taylor-on. A short one would would basically frustrate... I, that's going to frustrate anybody. The characters without frustrating. I think that's what are we sh- talking about? I think that's the shortest email we've ever received. No, I've had I've had one that was just a PS. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I thought about this a lot after receiving this fine documentation, and I can say that I don't know. Really? Because because when I role play my characters. 
I feel what my character is feeling. That's how yeah. I'm able to role play it properly. So if my character is frustrated, I'm kind of frustrated. If my um, character is angry, I feel a little bit angry. Not like in a crazy psychotic kind of way, but you know, you have to kind of have a little better than of that emotion to channel it through into your character. There was there was a scene in the moat recently. I miss Scully. There was a scene in the moat where I where Scully got really angry at at Riley and a couple other people, and uh, um, I wound up yelling and I was angry and yelling because der arg, and I actually felt a little angry because I had to have that emotion to channel it in to the role playing. I I I, I actually think I remember, you know, leaning over and whispering to Sam. That totally wasn't personal. I'm not really angry. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. I'm totally just role playing. Just playing to my dishands. So I don't. For me, I think they're one in the same. I have to get in my character's headspace to role play them properly. Well, there's multiple kinds of frustration. Are we talking like logically frustrated, like when you're trying to f- like problem solving frustrated, or like actually anger kind of frustrated with the fact that you can't problem solve? your way out of a situation because there's two different ways if you go for the logical frustrating Mm -hmm. someone and stimulating that problem solving that's a lot easier to kind of get around and not anger someone than going for the actual role-playing kind of frustration and people do tend to have that uh connection with their characters just because you are role-playing that it is really hard to not get frustrated when your character is frustrated like you said you need to have that actual emotion to back that up. So it's it's a really hard line to cross, or to not cross in this I, case. Real quick, well played. Just dives right in. Look at that. Very nice. Well, well done. It's because we have dinner time all the time, and, and if you don't speak your mind, you, you don't say anything all night. <laughs> um, for, you know, you heard me talk. That's true. <laughs> I, I was going to bring up Moda Sin again because Mac does a very good job at playing or finding things in the story to piss her off. Mm-hmm. And she does a very good job at being frustrated and angry all the time. And Albert did to a certain extent, too, finding things that frustrated him. But I, as a player, not necessarily mad at you, not necessarily mad at anybody, but frustrated. Really? I thought you were just pissed off all the time. But he would work himself into these lathers, and the same with Max. So I, th- I think the key is, as a character, you find something in the story that makes your character frustrated. And yes, to play it, you know, to lather it at the mouth, you can get a little into it and stuff, but you're not really angry at the, at the other players. What you're angry at is something in the story that's pissing your character off. They're not sharing information, or, well, that might be, that might be a player on player. But uh, I don't know. Let's see, let's see if I can come up with an example. Um, Mac was really frustrated in that Albert can't communicate well. <laughs> okay, so she latched on that and she's pissed at him right now and, and her character's frustrated and yet Mac and I seem to get along pretty well it, I don't know, I did, you'd have to ask her she's not here to defend herself so I'm just going to assume that we're okay but the, the, the crux of it is that she, she latched on something within the story to be frustrated about and not something uh, that's a personal thing that crosses boundaries I wonder if um, so if you look at actors, right? Mm-hmm. You've kind of, and I'm, I might be talking a little bit out of turn. It's been a long time since I did any sort of acting or anything like that. But you kind of have two types of actors. You have actors, and then you have method actors. You have someone like, um, what's his name? Uh, oh, what's his name? Yeah, Dustin Hoffman. No, no, no. Uh, uh, Kevin Spacey. Uh, Warren Beatty. No, it's, hold on. Um, 
Kurt he was, Russell. He was Isabella Ajani. He was in Gangs of New York. He played oh. Lincoln. Um, he played Lincoln in Gangs of New York? No, 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 no. <laughs> Gregory Peck. No. Uh, the guy with the glass eye? I know who it is yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. who it is now. We're just going to tease you until anyway, you figure it out. He's, he's a method I don't know actor. I about yet. Yeah. Oh, you guys. <laughs> do, you know, do you know who I'm talking Leonardo about? Leonardo DiCaprio. No, but the other guy. He played... <laughs> Why can't I remember his name? I've drawn a whole blank. Oh, this is so frustrating. Anyway, Daniel Day Lewis. Yes, Daniel Day Lewis. Oh my God, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Why did you oh, give it chat to him? Chat <laughs> oh, thank you. I was starting to sweat there. But Daniel Day Lewis, like he becomes the character from day one, and he is the character through all of the filming, even when he's not on scene or when they're done. You know, he goes home and he's that character the whole time he's filming the show. Sure. And then you have someone like I don't know Tom Cruise, who probably is. The character when he's doing the scene, Jimmy Stewart, who who, who, who's kind of like this the whole time, and then you know when he's done, he he walks away. So I wonder if there's a little bit of that going on uh, between someone like me who needs to feel a little bit of frustration to to invoke it in their character, and someone like Mac who can be like, "Oh, wow, she's going to be frustrated because Albert." Can't talk very well, so grr, arg, you know. Well, but but that's I mean, all actors end up getting genuinely angry. Yeah, however, you get there. That's what method is about. Is it's a tool for you to get to that emotion and make it real and make it believable. And when you're role playing, you get caught up in the moment and mm-hmm. you and you're genuinely angry at that moment. But you, but you are literally playing your character. And then when the scene kind of ends, you're like, I need yeah. a beer. That was fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you're not. You, you you leave the table without holding grudges and things. Sure. I, the the let's play the converse. The converse is when somebody as a player is, let's say, hiding clues from the rest of the party, or even when you ask. Or okay, maybe that's too close to stuff they that's happening. Uh, <laughs> or or no, okay, or or it, it's something that's a player on player thing, and and, they, and then that baggage, or you bring baggage to the table. There's somebody, two people don't get along, and then they snipe at each other. Through the course of the game, and it's veiled under, oh, I'm just playing my character. I'm going to assassinate him when he sleeps. It's like, dude, you you never liked him. Why why are you doing that? or or whatever? That's that's the converse of this, which is when players don't like players, and then it seeps into the role playing. I think a good role player, like a good actor, can leave it at the table, can leave it on the set. Oh, sure, yeah. Other people can't, and it gets personal. And I think that's the line that gets crossed, and we've seen that happen. People leave the table pissed off. Yeah, we have seen that happen, and uh, well, not necessarily even here, but but it's I've seen it happen yeah, in yeah. many many a game where people leave the table pissed off, and that is a problem, and that's I think what he's addressing here. Yeah, that's what he's saying, without making the players frustrated. They, I wonder. First off, uh, with regards to Mac, she will often text me before a session and say. I'm kind of thinking something like this, or she's t- t- she will t- like cue me into what her character is thinking of mm-hmm. to give me a little bit of preparation. So sometimes she's not really even surprised as a player. She's more, this is kind of what I'm thinking that she might be doing okay. in, in the future or whatever. So um, She's writing backstories, yeah. Well, not even backstory. It's stuff that... It's you know, just like day to day prep stuff that she's thinking that her character might try to do in the next session. Mm-hmm. She's giving me a heads up on it, which is which is nice because that gives me the ability to not have to improvise it and actually sit down and kind prep, of prep for a little bit. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing I wonder about this because I th- personally I don't think a GM it is in the GM's control to frustrate characters without frustrating players. 
that's in the player's control. That is true. Yeah, well, that is. Not necessarily. There are things that GMs can do that are really annoying to players. Oh, it, yes, like, absolutely. I was in a game once that it was we were playing uh, path or we were playing D and D three point five, and he didn't tell us that he'd written it in a way that no one was supposed to survive. Like he'd written it like a Call of Cthulhu game, <laughs> and none of us knew this, so we were all going to die. And it was really frustrating for everyone. Yeah, it's That's, awful. Uh, uh, Kobayashi Maru. Yeah, it yeah, is. It totally is. Yeah. That's and a TPK game. Yeah. Right. I would TPK everyone. Told the yeah. kill for the win. I win. I win. GM, GM for the win. GM wins. Woot. So, yeah, that's... It, it, there, there's things that you can, like, not do that. Will not frustrate your characters and your players. Sure, sure. But then there are other just normal games. You can frustrate the... There are a lot of ways to frustrate the characters. But I think that most of it is, like, the problem-solving stuff. That if you're if you're actively trying to frustrate your characters... You're kind of gonna end up frustrating your players. Absolutely. Like, just write a good mm-hmm. story. But what what I what I think I'm seeing with this email is, he's seeing his players get to that point where they're starting to get kind of angry, or getting too frustrated, and he's trying to figure out how to dial it back. And I think I don't think you can dial it back. No. Without dialing it back on the characters, that's a cue for the GM to say, "Hey, you know what? Stop being a dick." Maybe. <laughs> This Maybe puzzle's too about hard. That. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. I can have someone make an intelligence roll and give them a clue, or maybe mm-hmm. instead of trying to o- un- open this unopenable box that only has one way to open it, maybe I can say yes to some other possibility on how to open it and just let them get on with the story. Yeah, because I mean we've all heard stories about someone that you know, there, there's some sort of puzzle or some sort of conundrum. That the characters are trying to get through, and they sit around for far, far too long. Some trying entire to, sessions. Yeah, who was it that was telling me about the ravine and trying to get over a log or something? I don't. Oh, that was. Is that in the last? I last think that episode? was in the last session. Yeah, because that, that's who was here. It was Gina you and me and Gina and the Storker. I don't and think was, you. I don't think it was any. any I don't remember that, but I don't know. I think it was a side conversation. No, it was Gina. Was it Gina? Yes. Oh, that's yeah. Okay. Yes, Gina was telling a story about. And a it, game she, it was she like took it. like an hour for them to figure out how to the right way. It was a letter that was written in. That she it was read. a letter. Okay, that's yep. right. Ah, see, my see, brain works. That, that's that. Wave off. Yeah, yeah. That that's dumb. You're not going to tell a good story when. Twenty-five percent of your game time is spent trying to get over a log. Nope, you didn't get over the log. You fell off into the water. Roll a d twenty again. Okay, a fourteen. So you climb out and you get back on okay. the log. Now All let's right. go ahead and <laughs> let's roll, we'll roll another. Roll let's another make, check. Let's make this more poignant. Uh, I'm going to name the douchiest thing that I remember happening to me as a player. Uh, actually, I'm going to think. Of, I'm going to name the one that I did as a douchey GM, which is. A 14 year old boy We're playing a superhero game We had various power levels I was going to give the guy Who is a street level hero A way in to, dist- to get rid of the giant Transformer robot It was a door on the side He could have gone in and just re-tap it with his <coughs> sword And he, he kept failing Rolling to miss and couldn't perceive it And whatever. And I didn't just tell him And he was pissed off, he was pissed off at me The game was frustrating and in hindsight It absolutely was and he was right And I actively had Had Made him frustrated, 
And then now, in hindsight, I realize exactly what I did wrong. I should have said, you see a door. There's a door there. Now, maybe maybe make a roll to pick the lock to the door or yeah. figure out some way to get inside right. of it. So back in junior high school, mm-hmm. when I was running Redbox D&D, um, you know, traps that the players had to figure out were kind of the in vogue thing. Oh, yeah. So there yeah. were whole yeah. books yeah. of them. Grimtooth's yeah. Trap. Grimtooth's mm-hmm. Trap, yes. right? So I, I developed one. It was right inside of the room. Okay. Door. You open up. It opens up into a square room. Over there's all kinds of treasure. Mm-hmm. Right? Right on the inside of the door is a pit trap. You get one chance to detect it. If you don't, you hit the pit. You fall in. At the bottom, there's a pressure release, which you land on, which opens up right on the on, on each side of the, 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 the trap, there are two ramps that go up to a little room, which had, you ready for this? Tigers. No, glass globes of green slime. So you hit That's the pressure trap. a lot tra- of G's. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the pressure trap, it opens the door, the green slime rolls down, the glass breaks, and it drops green slime all over your character. It was an instant Ew. death. There was no way out. Ew. Um, I lost players over that one. Yeah, I'll yeah. bet. I'll bet. Yeah. And I thought that was a rad trap. It I thought, is a rad trap. I thought I won. It was uh-huh. a rad trap. You just didn't give them a chance to find it. Nope. Nope. Roll a d20. What for? Ah, just roll a d20. Just roll a d20. You're dead. Oh, yeah. You're dead. The, fo- the, the floor opens up beneath you. You fall about 15 feet down. Roll 2d6. Okay, that's how much damage you take. <laughs> you hear something rolling. Wind. And then Yeah. <laughs> and then you hear a crash of glass above you. And you look up and two glass globes See, full of green slime have crashed and, and it to falls this day down it's burned in your memory. You yeah. are reciting verbatim what you said. <laughs> and, and at the time you were so happy, gleeful. I was excited. And, <laughs> and your players up and left and never talked to you again. I was so, No, they talked to me again. <laughs> they had to because they had to say, dude, we're not going to let you run anymore. That was stupid. <laughs> that was dumb, man. You killed my character. I think I wound up Turning it into a dream sequence. Okay, retconning. Yeah. Right? I, re- I retconned it as a dream dick sequence. Dick move. And, yeah. Dick move. What about you? Confess you anytime. <laughs> You've always been good, though. You've never made a mistake. I'm trying to think if I've done something like that, though. <laughs> something truly. To doozy? frustrate your players? <laughs> Well, no, not really. I mean, the, the, my, my, my Achilles heel was always being too detailed about travel time. Mm. Because you cannot have a meaningful campaign unless well, accurate time you records. Stop, you stop, you got to yeah. hobble the horses. You exactly. Gotta, right? Every day, and then. What are you making? Well, you don't have any rabbit. Right. And they're on like hunting. a yeah. two or three week. <laughs> so you didn't find out the magic of. So time passes until many years later? No. No. Uh, yeah, but that doesn't. I mean, stuff could happen. I mean, you could miss with that rabbit shot and stumble into the ruins, you know? Sure, but... Oh, I had nothing planned. Oh. No, I had nothing planned. I was just making them go day day by day through (laughs) two weeks of travel. The next thing that happens is in two weeks, so now we're going to roleplay those two weeks out. That's when Brian, who always sat to my right, would go... You're doing it again. No, no, and I'd go, what? What are you doing? I'm looking for the fucking fast-forward button. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Emily? You've been frustrated as a player? Um, aside from that game, the only time I've really been frustrated was with another player. What do you do? Um, so we were playing a Star Wars game, and I was a bounty hunter, he was a Jedi. That one was, th- that was the game that was full of great names. We had Duke, uh, Land Runner, 
uh, Barbie Fett, Barbie uh, Fett, Han Duo, <laughs> and Chewbicki were the four characters in this game, and uh, uh, was it Lam- the one with the goofy dice? The yeah, there's, there's well, yeah. maybe not the goofy dice, but there was like uh, the space one required so many d10s for like space combat. I don't know which version. There's so many Star Wars versions. I don't remember which one it was. D six um, was the West End Games one, right? Uh, it just it required so D10 many d10s was. for space travel. Anyway, uh, we were getting. You just, we, we, you we were just become my focus for a minute. <laughs> we, we were uh, getting some artifact from some ruins or something that a Sith was also trying to get. And when we were coming back, the Jedi sent out a message to the planet that we were going to saying that it was a Sith artifact, despite the fact that the GM told him twice that it was not. <laughs> <clears throat> was there drinking at this game? No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> she has to say that because they were all underage at the time. Oh, right? that, I was going to well, say that's, no, her, I was that's, about that's her dad 15. sitting right some there. Them, oh, okay. No, some of the, some of the, mostly, I think all of the other players were old enough to drink, but we were in like a gaming shop. Oh, okay. She's being vague in order to protect the innocent. I know exactly who was jamming right. this and, and where they were, and we know them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Dun, Sounds dun. like D10s, dun. maybe Wild Talents. Was it one? Maybe. No, it There's was an actual. It, yeah, it was an actual Star Wars. I, I, I wonder if they were using I Traveler. It, I think it, no, it was, no, that's D six. I think it was a D six game, but but space travel might involve D tens. Yeah, it was just the space Cause, travel. Because when you so combat, was D sixes, right? Yeah, so uh, combat was regular. Uh, I don't remember what the regular combat was because I just used my sniper gun like a couple <laughs> like of times. Like you do. That's all I did, and I was just like doing what people were telling me. It really got complicated during space combat because I was. Using an unfamiliar weapon, he was like, "Yeah, you have to roll a d10 for that, and a d10 for that, and four d10s for this." And I was like, "I don't know what's going on." <laughs> hmm. Chat room doesn't know either. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You'll have oh. to email him and ask him. West End Games Star Wars. That's I think that's D6s. Isn't I, thought that, I, I thought that I thought that was D6s. I I only owned West End Games Star Wars. I never played it. I just flipped through it to read about all the cool stuff. Me as well. I think it was West End Games that she was playing. I'm not sure. And and perhaps the space travel is either a hybrid or something that they came up with later. Because the one that I have didn't have space travel covered very well. It just says you just go someplace. Because West End Games later released their core system as a standalone product. And it was called the D6 system. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, space travel was just you go somewhere. It was space combat that was complicated. That's interesting. Hmm. I'm gonna have don't to. Know. I might have to look that up now. It's not as if we don't have the sum of all human knowledge at our fingertips. We do. The Oracle I just is looked, right it's here. Definitely D sixes uh, or West End Games is. I can't. West No, with a quick one. So I, I would say to Taylor on. You might consider backing down if your players are getting frustrated. Turn the notch, the frustration notch, the dead end notch down a little bit, maybe. I think it depends on, on, on Stork's point, which is it's okay for the players to have frustration if their character's having frustration, as long as when they get up and walk away from the table, that frustration is left at the table. And the, and the key to that is that it's within the story. They yeah, find yeah, yeah. things to frustrate themselves within the story. They're pissed yeah. off at another character's actions. They're not pissed off at the player. I mean, there, there's some kinds of frustration you want them to have. Like mm-hmm. if you've got yes. a recurring villain or something yes. like that. The, the 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 more times that villain escapes just 
barely, just barely gets away, and they are gonna get him next time. It's so much sweeter when they do finally catch him. But, but you do yes. have to let them eventually catch him, right? And yes, it still hinges on the story. And that's exceeding. Oh, they have to earn that. And that's exceedingly different than someone getting up to the table and going, "God, I fucking story, fucking hate that." You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that's a different yeah. type of frustration altogether. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, not that I've that's ever done that. That's a different type I of prompt. frustration. Right. All right. Thank you, I Taylor, on, for the email. Yeah, thank you. That's actually a good topic. I wish I had a better answer for you. Now, normally we talk about what we played this week, but what what are you playing up there at college? So, I am currently doing a game. Well, supposedly currently doing a game uh, online because no one that I know actually knows how to DM. Um, I haven't played enough. You need to listen to the podcast. Yes, that's I keep telling everyone to listen to the podcast. <laughs> it's not really a podcast every, ta- anymore. every time someone's like, "Hey, I, I I'm so into RPG games," I was like, "Oh, hey, yeah, you know, our, uh, Happy Jacks RPG. You should listen to that." And a couple of times, I've actually gone. People go, oh, "What Happy Jacks RPG?" And I'm like, "Wait, what? The, I'm, I, ha- I haven't prepared myself for this response yet. Hold on." See, um, you get to say, "Yeah, <laughs> my dad's on that." Yeah. What? Yeah, but that's not cool. That's not kind of... Oh, okay. Is he the old guy? He was cool once. Is he the old guy who says all the dumb stuff? Dumb stuff. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet. And I'm not going to ask you your age because that's rude. But I'm going to bet that you have gotten past the point where dad is no longer cool. And you've come around to the point where you're like, you know what? My dad's kind of a cool dude. You want your car payments or I'm still cool, right? I have never gone through the phase where teenagers hate their parents. You are a lucky... Lucky, lucky man. Paying your car next month. <laughs> anyway, finish your story about. Uh, um. Yeah, so remember that, Mike? It's yours now. <laughs> well, I'm frustrated at you two. <laughs> we'll talk about this after Stork. Um, so we're, we're playing a game of uh, 5e right now, and it's just not happening because. Our DM is in a completely different city from most of our players, and one of our players is in a completely different city from both of those people, and it's like it's just not happening right now. Um, and I feel like that I think is the biggest problem right now is the fact that everyone wants to get get started on getting involved in D D, and no one actually knows how because there aren't enough people who are already skilled at it to help everyone else. Have you told her to tell people about JackerCon? Tell your friends. <laughs> several, several, several times a year. Three or four. It's the first time we're hearing about four, this, actually. So. Three or four mm-hmm. times a year, uh, the Happy Jacks fans get together and have JackerCon. Okay. And what it is, is it's a virtual online oh. game convention. It's all online. It's all done through, uh, it used to be Google Hangouts. I did the Google Plus, but now there's an actual central website for it. Yeah. Cool. Um, so Jackercon.com. Jackercon.com, yeah. It's a so gaming con that happens online from all over the world. We have and people it, from and Australia. It runs, yeah, it runs England. for like two, three weeks sometimes. Two, yeah. two cool. weeks usually. Two weeks. So if, if your friends want to learn how to DM, how to GM, how to whatever you want to call it based on the game system you're playing, have them check out Jackercon, <coughs> play in a couple of games, see how we've got some really, really, really talented GMs amongst our fan base. So yeah, I haven't checked that out. And it's also and it's uh, eighty nine days from now. It's did, also did someone just because yeah, it just Jack finished Con fourteen? Yep. Uh, it's also showing uh, how to do an online game yeah, and do it yeah, right because yeah. he he, he uh, they've got that system down. They've got the Windows. They've got. Yeah. The, I mean, it's really really good. It's some of them use roll twenty. Some of them just use 
Google Hangouts, but it's when regardless. When I ran my game, it was just Google Hangouts, yeah. And it works really well. It's it's a, it's a smooth running machine. I, props to... Uh, I don't even think it's just went up on his name anymore. It's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's still... I mean, he's still involved, he's still, but... I, but he's still nah, he's got a new... He, yeah, he's busy. Yeah, someone else does the, yeah, the some, website. Someone else, yeah. oh, okay. yeah. someone else developed the website. They actually... Yeah, yeah. Get, it's a, they did a really nice job. Yeah, it's, it's a very so nice anyway, website. Yeah, yeah, there we go. The, the, and, um, and how's them listen to the show? <laughs> Absolutely. Now, do you have the D and D beginners box for fifth edition? I gave it to her, and, and I, I put the other in books Oregon. in it, and she left okay. it all in Oregon. Well, that actually is a. There, there's two things I would look at to learn how to GM because if no one else will take up the manual, you should. Um, yeah. There. <laughs> you have a built-in I've, support network. So I have thought of that several times mm-hmm. of being like, "Fine, I'll just run it." <laughs> Except that one of our friends was like, "Yeah, no, I've I've got, I've got this whole game planned out. I will GM for you guys." And then then they flake. Not necessarily that. It's just then finals week comes up, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll do it next week." And then it's the break, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll do it next week." And then, and then we're starting classes right. again, <laughs> and then he goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll do it next okay. week." And then no one else remembers. Next and person needs to step up. Yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing is, so there's no reason. That you have to only play one game, right? And the other thing there is, is a reason to study for finals, though. <laughs> yes, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should always study for finals. <laughs> but that, but that's what the day before finals is game. for. You're in college, right? <laughs> that's what cramming is for. You you game. I mean, up until like two days before finals, and you two go, okay, two days. days. The most dramatically appropriate number of days before your finals. <laughs> Yeah, so and then I, you just cram the fuck out of everything, <laughs> so you can pass your test and get back to gaming. That's what college. When I was in about. when, I, when yeah. I was in college, we gamed in someone's community room in their dorm. Oh yeah, yeah. no, that's mostly where they happen. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, at my school, we have like side rooms that are soundproof in like the lobby. Like you can just go into like the media room or something. It's Not, supposed to be for studying. Probably. Yeah, it's for it's for it's for studying. Um, there's also like a media room in there or, or something, primal so. screaming. That was good. Um. And so very often people will set up games in there, and then we also have a couple of the other dorms uh, have, like, communal rooms. It's, like, two rooms where people are actually sleeping, and two rooms people are actually sleeping, and then the big room in the middle, and people will set up games there, as long as it's a smaller one of, like, a couple of people, because if you get six people playing, it it doesn't fit in there. It's a dorm room. So how big is the gaming community up at your school? Um, well... First of all, it's not a very big school. And I'm friends with all the nerds. So <laughs> well played. <laughs> um, whenever I start up a conversation with it, it's one of two responses. Where if I, if first of all, if you say, "Oh yeah, it's an RPG game," people go, "What? You mean like Call of Duty?" And I have to like sit there and like prepare myself for no, what I'm no, going to no. say next. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because no. Um, and then the response is no, like D and D, and people are like, "Oh my god, I've wanted to get into D and D for so long," or, "Oh." That, oh, and you see the light right. fade from their eyes, and right. they like try to find a way out of the conversation. That's why I, I play <laughs> poker at work. What are you doing tonight? Oh, it's uh, game night. We're going to go play poker, poker and, you know, drink yep. whiskey and smoke cigars. Because yep. that's... I was at a gathering the other day, and yeah. I and I and I basically said, "Yeah, we're role playing game," and I could just see a bunch of people just yeah. fade, and they were like, they, they wanted to find a locker to shove me in. <laughs> <laughs> So it's about fifty percent both of those things. Um, but but I 
I'm sure there are people there who are. Yeah. Or, or there's games um, going on. Yeah, no, there's ga- there's games going on all over the place. Um, but for the most part, it is. I know about three people just in my friend group that actually know how to DM, and then that means that there's only three games going on. It's not that hard. Right. <laughs> we say that, that anybody can DM. Hard. It's not like you have a certain skill set. You, you don't even have to have memorize the book because you know what? We've got this at our fingertips. But most people have only played one game max wow. in their lives yeah, and haven't even reached its completion. That I played one session and then I started jamming. Yeah, so and, and, and that, 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 that daunts a lot of people. It shouldn't. All you have to do is, I didn't even know the rules, but I would suggest you learn the rules. Yeah, one of my other but friends I, did that. At least the grapple campaign. rules. Well, the nice, the nice thing about the D&D starter set is it has a small book that yeah. gives you the basic, basic rules of the game and pre-generated characters. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You can oh, always that, that pamphlet is in the back. Of the yes, box. yeah, <laughs> it's at the very bottom, underneath, right. underneath the in illegitimate fact, books. I don't know if you, do you have any of the starter sets for the Star Wars games. Ah, uh, no. Okay, the, those also have. a... Yes, I have two of them. I didn't give them to her. What's the right. I didn't actually show an interest in it, so he forgot about it. I bought all four of them. Yeah, I had <laughs> the Force one. I just found it the other day. Right, but th- those come with characters, and not only do they come with characters, it comes with the adventure. And it introduces the rules you need to know to resolve stuff hmm. as it happens as in it happens, the adventure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all you have to do is read that pamphlet. Even you don't even have to read the rule books. You just open the pamphlet up, and it says, "Okay, you get to this place. This is a skill challenge. Here's how skill challenges work. Yep. Here's what dice they need to use." And then you have all the and, and it just it walks so, you through GMing. So you're saying even though the system is different, those pamphlets are basically an outline on how to GM. Well, yeah, well, they, yeah. and they introduce. It's a very structured <coughs> scenario, mm-hmm. but it introduces the rules as you need them, rather than taking one of those because those are the my Star Wars books up. There. Right, they're yeah. huge. Yeah, <clears throat> instead of going through one of those things and reading through the whole thing, which is what I did, you can just go through that pamphlet and like, okay, there's a fight. They have to fight this guy, and it's not a hard fight. Here's how combat works. Here's how you decide who's going to mm-hmm. go first, and it tells you all that stuff, how to resolve the hits, how to resolve the damage, and then go on to the next thing. And, and I mean, they're real railroady. Yeah, adventures, yeah, yeah. but it teaches you the rules as you're doing it, and I, and after going through something like that, you're going to realize it's not that hard. What I liked about the five E rules is that it's not a module, and the problem with the module is that you're slavishly, especially if you're first timing it, you were just slavish to the dialogue. You're slave to the actual the, the box text. And, and I actually yeah. watched. Uh, we were coasting some group, and I saw some guy reading. All right, if you have an intelligence of plus one, then you can now find what. And, and, and it, I mean, he was literally reading off the page, and I'm like. Box text, do not dude, read this to your players. Dude. Yeah, no. You have I mean, <laughs> oh, shit. That's what they were doing. And, and, it was re- and, and as much as modules were a great crutch or a great tool to getting you started, they also taught you bad habits, which is it was so railroady. There was all this stuff, and you had to. Re- you, you, you thought, well, sure. for every room that I do, and I now have to come up with a paragraph of dialogue. That's how a lot of us learned how to jam. Well, it was. What I, true. Te- what I keep telling everyone is. That I would love to start GMing, but I'm more of a hands-on learner. So if I can find someone who will GM a game, and I can GM with them, and kind of like we can co-GM a yeah, game, right. that that would be my in, and I could GM from then on. But I need to actually find someone who's prepared enough to actually be able to do that, right. because most people don't know the rules of the game enough, and that's probably where I'm slacking off. There is I don't know all the rules of the game, I, and I just barely have enough of a. a Handle on it for when my friends are going. Wait, what did he just say? And go. He he wants to do this. Oh. Do you have one of your friends who knows the rules really well? Not in Oregon. 
not an Oregon. Okay. <laughs> First time I ran Pathfinder, it was for the Shit Zombies group. Right. And they kind of talked me into running Pathfinder. I had no interest in it. It was too much. Too big of a book. Pathfinder's a book this mm -hmm. big. But luckily, Tyler, another one of our friends, was in the group. And Tyler is a walking encyclopedia of all things game rules. Yeah, he's got... Re reading retention like I've never seen. Yeah, he's like Rain Man of RPG rules. He, tell, he is. He really is. So he, even page numbers. He even rocks yeah. back and forth. He does. He does, which is strange. <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Only on Friday. Definitely roll a d twenty. Definitely roll a drink. Oh, there's a drink. <laughs> oh. Someone redeemed a drink. Oh, drink. drink. It drink. Of, the, of the hill people. <laughs> um, but my point is, I didn't. I knew how to run D&D &D because I'd been running it all my life. But all of the specific Pathfinder stuff, if something came up, I'd be like, yeah, let me check the rules. Hey, Tyler, what do we do? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right, go ahead and roll a d20, add your base attack bonus, blah, 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 blah. Because I had Mr. Encyclopedia right, right there. So, you know what so I that can help as well. You don't actually need to know all the rules as long as someone there does. And I love co-GMing. I said that, well, that's yeah. one of the reasons I had uh, C.A. Dave when we first started the... Uh, the um, freak show. Freak show. So yeah. I, I needed a sounding board. I just I I wasn't that familiar with the uh, Savage World rules, and he'd already played and jammed a couple. And I'm like, can you keep me honest? You know, jump. Actually, it was Traveler is where we first started. Can you keep me honest? I know you know Traveler, and then it just snowballed from there. But um, especially with con games, I love the immediacy and how quickly things move with two GMs handling everything. Yeah, it's also just nice to know that somebody can be looking up a rule while you keep the action going. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it really does help. Yeah. And then you're right. You but if you, you can't learn. find, I'm sorry, if you can't find one GM, where are you going to find two? True. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That's the thing. I mean, and, and the other thing is, you could get the players together and say, okay, read the character generation section and say, okay, we're just going to make characters. Everyone make characters. And then just run them through some combats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have them fight each other. Combats, yeah. Have them fight a monster. Don't even start GMing yet, but just familiarizing <clears> yourself <throat> with the with like the, the combat rules. And because the skill resolution rules are easy, yeah. But the combat that gets fiddly, yeah. But you run a couple combats just so everyone kind of gets familiar with it, and then the next session have something small. And last week we had a letter about uh, learning GMing with your players, and that's how we did it. A new game would come out, RuneQuest, let's say, gets dropped. Right? Somebody goes to game store, dude, I got RuneQuest. All right, I've, okay, I'm opening it up and we're gonna play it, and we're like. Okay, and then we'd spend a day making characters, right. which was a long day. Mm -hmm. All right, what do we do? There's percentile Okay, I'm not sure I like this. And then the next day, or even later on that day, because we would game for 12 hours at a time, right. we would start something. And we were learning as they were learning. They are like, oh, wait, oh, wait. And then, of course, you know, three weeks on down, there was a retcon. Oh, wow, I yeah, shouldn't I have given say, you all the gold ever. But, okay, well, well, yeah. Every game session started with... So, so we did this wrong. <laughs> we did this wrong. We did this totally wrong. <laughs> I was I was at so home reading the book. Here's how we're going to do it going forward. But that's how you learn, and then there's nothing wrong with that as yeah. long as you, everybody knows is and they're in on it. They're like, hey guys, first time GM, going to do some stuff wrong. Let's we'll work on this together, and here we go. Yeah, that's that's what happened to a game that I did a while ago with a new GM. We had I was playing a cleric because they needed a healer in the party, and he had no clue what. Was going on with my cantrips or whatever? Uh, he had no clue what was going on with my cantrips. I was like, "Hey, so this is a thing that I can do," and he was like, "I'm sorry, what does that say? Spare, spare the, the they just don't die? What? 
yeah, that's it says it's a cantrip and I can do it whenever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like he was so like he was so baffled and I'm like, It's it's right here, I don't know what to tell you. And then later on he was like, Oh, so you actually did read it so directly from the book and that's actually what it meant and I was completely okay, we're not letting you do that again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mic issue. Sorry. Sorry about that. It's uh, Stu wired this mic. It's left-handed. Yeah, I put the, I, I when I put the thing on it, it's made it left-handed. I think they all They're, are. I that's right-handed. You take that on and off with your right hand. Well, all right. No, I'm going to read this yeah, next email while you oh, guys are discussing this. Uh, are yeah. we done? Are, do yes. Are we done? Role playing outside the fantastic from Andreas and Sweden. Yeah. Andreas I Stu and, and the crew. Yeah, Andreas from Sweden here. Yeah, yeah land of monkey poop. Because we remember the whole. <gasps> I think I still have a little bit left. I don't know where I put uh, Emily, you want to try some? Uh, you want to try some salty licorice? No. Because you hate licorice. It's awesome. And it's. Wait, got the if most she hates licorice, why would she want salty licorice? It's uh, it's the best stuff ever. It's got salt on it. it makes the licorice le- less licoricey. Do you like you like licorice? I love licorice. Okay. <laughs> you might like it. You have to find some. I'm a little, this, this I'm a little came, scared of anything that's, this actually that's called came, monkey poop. It actually, it's, it's not. It's not. It just looks. We thought it would be called. It's came, not really monkey poop. We had a. It just care, looks like it. We had so a, eat sure. some. Sure. We had a care I package. totally trust all of you. We had a care package arrive from Scandinavia, and they uh, they basically included some local Scandinavian things, and this is the candy he's going to go find for you. That's now. where they are barcoding their naval vessels. Right, right. Scandinavian. See, when you say barcode, I think of a different thing. And especially in Scandinavia, when they go to a barcode, it's a whole different bar. Yeah, no, no, I meant like a three of nine barcode, you know. Three of nine? That's one of the barcodes. She was the sexiest Borg ever. Love three of nine. That was not three of nine. That was... Seven of nine. Seven of nine, yes. Three of nine was her sister. I I, I was almost like, that that was one of seven. No, that was niner of of I've been thinking a bit. On how to how you used to talk about what kind of games you were running in the next con and what uh, what idea you were working on that bounced around in my noggin and happened to cross paths with another thought I had. <laughs> First of all, I love that turn of phrase. Uh, I once had on how every new Savage World setting comes across as X plus magic or Y plus superpowers. Yeah, I know that's a simplification. How do you come up with a new interesting game anyway? Just add water, or I guess you should just add magic. I don't, I don't think she likes it. Once the salt goes away, it's awesome. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I thought, and it's not normal salt. It's it's like a like it's like a chlorine. You know, it's like a chlorinated salt. It's oh. like a, it's, it's like the stuff. It, it's bleach. It's like the, yeah, it is. It's like the stuff they clean pools with. Yeah, it's an industrial salt. Uh, the reason I thought about this is how I remember we used to game in my old game club. We had an old West game that ran annually with the first edition Boot Hill rules, wonky wow. as they were. There were no zombies or magic in sight. We also played a game of pirates. There were no curses or magic doubloons, just pirates. We also played games in 1600 France with musketeers, no magic. By the way, I just rewatched uh, the Three Musketeers, the Three and Three More Four Musketeers with uh, Michael York and uh, Oliver Reed. Uh, oh, so an old, older movie. great movie. It, it's still, I mean, it actually holds up better now because you watch that and go like, this is. Classic, great old filmmaking where the actual sword fights were real. They weren't over the top. They're, they're using the scenery. There's a whole scene where he's like fighting, like amongst the dirty laundry, and they're using the laundry as part of the as part of the fight. I mean, it's it's great. Go watch that. Three or four Musketeers. Michael York, I believe it's Richard Fleischer directed it. Anyway, so I guess I wanted to toss out the idea of gaming in historical settings without magic. Have any of you lads 
and lasses in Happy Jack's land done that? Experiences to share. Do we need magic to have fun? What can be done without it? I love Western movies and love Western RPGs and have, for example, never understood the point of magic and zombies in Deadlands. What say you? Drink. Do you have to have magic to have fun? I do. Well, do, okay. Not do you have to be drunk to have fun? No. Not necessarily magic, but something fantastical. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because when I play a, a role-playing game, I want it to be different than the history that I studied in school for so long or the reality that I live on an everyday basis. I don't want to be Tim in funny clothes in a different time period. That's called the Renaissance Fair. That's called the Renaissance <laughs> Fair, and I can do that. Do they still have a whole bunch of small fairs running? All, like You bet. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can do that almost, almost like half the weekends out of the year. I yeah. can do that. Yeah, you can. I yeah. did that for a long time. It doesn't interest me anymore. So I want something fantastical. I want to be able to do something awesome. So it doesn't have to be magic, but like the idea where orcs pop out of the ground in, in a historical session, uh, a setting. Even if it didn't have magic, that would be something I would want to play in. Because it's a riff on you know our history, but it's got something fantastical. It's got something different. Uh, and that's I, I need that. I, I want that. Myself. I'm going to agree with you to a point, but I find a flaw in your argument there. I mean, are you going to tell me that Clint Eastwood, Man with No Name movies are not fantastic and take you out of it? And there's no magic whatsoever. They are fantastic, but I don't want to RP that. I want to watch that on a movie screen because it's an awesome movie. But I, wanna, I don't want to. I don't want to play the Man with No Name. Okay. Uh, how about the Magnificent Seven? We got another drink. Oh, we got another drink of the Hill oh, People again. Um, Emily, would you grab me one of these? And one of these. <laughs> and, and, and the flavored waters are pretty good if you're looking for something to drink. I think they're out of them. Oh, we're out of them? Oh, well. Well, my point being that even the Magnificent Seven and such, which there's no freaking magic at all, they're just, you know, guys with guns or, or seven samurai, uh, are a lot of fun to play. Thank you. Thank you. If you have. Thank you. I, I'm not going to say if you have a GM, but if, if you have invested players, you can make mundane things fun and interesting. Defending I, a village with a bunch of guns is infinitely interesting. You don't need to have effing magic. I'm sure... Maybe artillery. <laughs> I'm sure many people agree with you. And I'm sure that that works for many people. Uh, now, I'm not going to sit here and say that if Stu was like, hey, I'm going to run a totally straight-up Western game, I'd be like, oh, forget it, I'm out. Because I enjoy role-playing. Mm-hmm. But my preference would be if he said, hey, I'm going to play. I'm gonna, uh, run a totally... Standard Western setting, except the Native Americans are demon worshippers, and they've all summoned demons. That sounds more interesting to me. And that's well, it, that's the that's the part that. But again, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm no, saying a I, lot of people really like that. That's just for me. That's not my thing. I know. I don't. I'm not wrong. It's the like even Legend of the Five Rings. Like when we first did it with Stu, very little magic creeped in for the first. That's because I refused to read the rules of magic. Setting, seven settings <laughs> or so. But okay, and it was still we were invested and we were in. Right, there was very little magic in it, but there was still the taint, <laughs> and there were still zombies, <laughs> and there were still zombies. Yeah, but not immediately. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, the zombies came later. Yeah. We were so caught up in in sword fighting and the courtier thing and. 
<laughs> just figuring out sure, sure, sure. the world. Yeah. The magic was wasn't even it didn't even enter into it until like I don't know halfway <laughs> three quarters of the way through the through the game. So I think you can still have interesting games without magic. I truly do. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm arguing it de- it that. Dep- point. It depends on where you want to parse magic too, because I was going to say superhero games have no magic, and yet superheroes are kind of magic. Mm-hmm. Kind of, mm-hmm. they're, they're not. You know, unless Doctor Strange is actually, actually Andreas <laughs> says role playing outside the fantastic, which would include superheroes. I do believe. And she is saying that she wants to do like. He. Three Musketeers, Western. Sorry, he. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they. <laughs> that they want to do like Three Musketeers, Westerns, sure. like pirates, stuff that it like. There is a big adventure element to it, but it's not fantastical. Right. I absolutely agree with that. I was just like I said. I was just watching Three or Four Musketeers, and they had to race across the country to get. Some gems and race them back in time before Richelieu <coughs> caught on to their plot. But there was no magic. It was all trying to escape it was the hijinks. nefarious plots and hijinks and shenanigans. We, I, I, I was in, we ran a, <clears throat> I don't even remember who ran this game. It was in GURPS. The Pirates book had just come out. <coughs> or GURPS Swashbuckler. GURPS Swashbuckler, yes. And so I, I, I know I, I didn't run it because I had a character in it. Who's uh, last name? He was a, he was a French. He was the captain of the ship, but that the, with pirates, a captain isn't the guy who's in charge necessarily. He's in captain, charge. Captain, 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 the captain, ca- captain. The, the, ca- the captain was in charge during certain times. Yeah, but isn't the bosun? Isn't he the? Is the bosun that's actually running the ship and everything? Uh, I don't. It wasn't the bosun. It's another the quartermaster. Quarter, mm. maybe first mate, something like that. No, no. no there's a, one person's in charge of the ship specifically no, during combat. And another another person is in charge of the ship the rest of the time. Ah. So it's a Basically, or something. A boss, that's Maybe. a boss. Yeah, that's the okay. yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, there was no. Now that set, it only ran three, four sessions, five sessions, or something like that, because there was nothing fantastic in it. No, it it was fun. It was a lot of fun, <laughs> and the, you know, there's a lot of the you know the the, the stuff you're talking about is swinging from the ropes sure. from the, the from the rigging and all of that kind of stuff. It was a blast. It was a lot of fun. I, I think that it is you're, you're definitely able to do games like that And they will be a lot of fun However There is a bit of preference there um, For example uh, Personally I don't like westerns Just I, I'm, I'm not all that fond of them So if you were going to say Hey Emily let's do an RPG game That's a western I'd be like No You don't want to dress in a corset and work, a, work behind a bar Really? Wow, because that's what women did in the West. It was rough. Ouch. Or they were school teachers. Or they were school teachers, right? School marms. School marms, yes. Yeah, it, um, it's, it's kind of full of historical things that make you go. Think, yeah, well, or just things that make you go, oh, you. It, people could say, hey, you want to you wanna do a Western? And I go, no. When, everyone, when anyone asks me, like, movies, like, hey, you want to watch this movie? I'm like, does it have explosions in it? Well, no. Does it have dragons in it? No. Then why would I want to watch it? <laughs> would you want to play in a Western game that had zombies, that had um, people who learned that Hoyle's book of, of, of cards was actually a magic spell book and it taught them how to cast spells, and there was all kinds of supernatural elements? Would that be more appealing to you? Um, 
it's a weird line to walk, honestly. I think that I am just more appealed when someone says, hey, come play this game with me. There's going to be a dragon in it. I go, dragons? Mm. Yes! And we all know what happened when cowboys met aliens. Yeah, that's true. No. It was a bad thing. No, I actually enjoyed the movie. One of, one of my favorite things to do... Wow, that was piercing. <laughs> one of my favorite things to do with, with any game I'm going to run is, as he says in this email, add and whatever. But mine is and Lovecraft. So I've run a lot of like modern day games, specifically in GURPS or Call of Cthulhu, where it's like, well... You're all cops, and then and you find an out God. about a deadly cult, right? Yeah. And 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 so even when I do play the 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 standard normal genres, I've still got that element of oh yeah, and there's a demon worshiping cult or a cult that worships you know elder gods from beyond space and time that are looking to destroy the earth. And so there's always that total confessing uh, summoning an elder god is a default of mine for most adventures. It, it just works, doesn't it? it uh, every time. God, it's so and, good. <laughs> well, the whole thing is that's just because that's the preference among mm-hmm. you guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it seems like Andreas is very fond of these kinds of things and is very enthralled with these kinds of games. And I think that what it would be actually it would be absolutely fine as long as you can find things to do that don't involve fantastic elements like that. And there's tons of that stuff. Yeah, there is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. There is. That's not it's, hard. It's just not in within our preference right. to do things like that, which means that we just wouldn't. As long as your group is absolutely enthralled by that stuff, go ahead, go for it. Well, and I guess here's the trick: Why don't you try running a game without any magic at all and see how long it takes your players to notice? Because hmm. I think you could do it. I mean, well, you did it with L five R, and we were so enamored with the situation, we were so enamored with the day to day stuff it was that all, we never it was, even noticed. It was all other people. The only bad guys were. Rivals, basically, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and I think you can do that. And, and 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 if they start to complain, it's like there's no magic. I don't think your players are going to complain. It's about you crafting this world. Mm-hmm. If if you if you need to, it's always back there. You could say, you could run a western, and you could say, all right, there there is an actual Native American shaman who's summoning coyote. If I if that needs to happen, but let's see how long that we can go before I introduce that. And I think you'd be surprised. At how your players are going to respond and how interesting it will be for you, uh, maybe magic's a crutch, but, and, and it is and one of these things which is like, and stuff happens. You know why? It's effing magic, cause and it's machina. The thing is, <laughs> a compelling story is a compelling story. I, true, that bingo. is true. No matter yes. what elements mm-hmm. are in yes, it. that is true. well said. That is true. That's one hundred percent true. And magic is a deus machina. Stuff just happened because you know why? It's fucking magic. That's why. So that's what happened. Bam. Well, I mean. And 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 it, well, it depends on the on the on the, the the magic system. But in a lot of games, it's just a replacement for guns. Yeah. Yeah. Or artillery. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some size of gun. But or or I mean or it's a plot hook like like you say they're summoning elder mm-hmm. gods. There's a cult or or they've created something and it got out of control. Or yeah, I mean it could be a substitute for science as well. Or you could substitute science for magic. Yeah. Try that instead of zombies. Maybe it's. I don't, yeah, think, all, I don't think I could do that. All, all of the magic that no, no, no. I've seen in games that I've played so far could be replaced with a flamethrower, oh. a grenade launcher, or... Well, I mean, it's really hard to get a, get around the summoning a demon thing. Yeah, but. right. Uh, uh, we, another another drink from uh, Of the Hill People. 
man, I don't people. Well, I already took it. Um, That's his hat trick. So you remember the old? Uh, it used to be said on this podcast a lot when you've run out of things to do, just have someone run in with a gun. Yeah. Mine was always have a cultist run in with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a knife. He's, he's got, got a wick. He's got a wickedly curved barbed dagger. And he's wearing and a black robes. robe. <laughs> but I mean, he's not afraid to sacrifice a virgin. He's gonna do it. He's I gonna mean, do it. When I ran the um, uh, uh, protection game, mm-hmm. the conspiratorium game, the mm-hmm. moment of truth, no magic in that. No. And we're riveted. There's some there's some kind of crazy technology in it. I, spoilers, hello. All I know is I found a room full of blood. I have no idea what was in it. See, no, but I'm talking about the stuff in the beginning, the mind control stuff. Oh, all right. But, but, but I mean, that's all stuff that a crackpot like me believes in. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're, he's really not talking about magic per se. And I think so no, he's talking about... He's yeah. talking about fantastic elements. Yes. Science fiction, like uh, amazing technology in science fiction would be included in that. Your, your setting... Um, I forget what it's called The Big Blue Monkeys From Outer Space setting mm-hmm. That's a fantastical setting Yeah absolutely There's a lot of Fantastical well, and, elements and in that's that. totally pulp But it's not Magic That's pulp no. sci-fi yeah. yeah 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 Like when you're You're flying through space On a, on a boat On a boat On a, on a, a sailboat And then I, I love I love Bruce Bruce is like Who's the scientist So yeah. when you fall off the boat where, where do you go You go down You go down Just like you do on Earth but but there's what about up? Would is there a? Then jump? he starts asking about well how do, when you land how do you get? He's like well we don't really deal with that. <laughs> yeah, and you can see his brain go. <laughs> little, little, little he's, he's all yeah. The he physics was, of it. Just, he, just, he couldn't get past that. So I remember there were combat. Going all those goes, eggheads in the university were wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then there was combat, and he's like, so so down is still down in space. Like we're in combat, Bruce. <laughs> anyway, I. I think Stu nailed it on the head, which is if you tell a well-told tale, there, you don't need that fantastic element. And yes. I think you could always have it there if you if you needed to tell your tale. But I think there's many a well-told tale. There's many a uh, again. The, uh, I'm going to bring up the, uh, the three or four musketeers again. The original. Do not do not do the Charlie Sheen one with, with Kiefer Sutherland. Awful. I'm talking about the Michael York stuff from the 70s. Check that out and watch and watch the way that they crafted that tale out. And nothing fantastical happened. Yes, they're exceptional athletes. Yes, they're exceptional swordsmen. But that's what made them great. The Disney Three Musketeers? No, that's awful. I love Screw that, that one. Go back and look at the other one, the original. One more point. And this is just... When we were playing 5th edition D&D, yeah. the players went up against their first mage. Oh, was this the... I am no mere head... Was that him? That's him. Great story. Everyone likes to talk about it. Not one spell was cast. <laughs> My understanding is they murderized him. Yeah, they killed him before he got into his turn. He rolled last in the Which is probably a good order. thing because Stu says... He had fireball. Yeah. He was going to take him out. And they were at the, that time were like third level. You take so, them out and their rhinos. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have given them rhinos. <laughs> I, but I, I, do, I do think... That it is, as as I said, a preference thing as well. Yeah. Oh, sure. She just prefers games with dragons in them. Yeah. No, me. No. Oh, oh, yeah. Emily me. prefers... I prefer, okay. I prefer games with dragons. I prefer games with, you know, cultists and demons and other weird shit. Oh, my. Well, you can also have cultists and not have a fantastic game. 
It's true. That well, is a hundred percent true. Cultists only think they're fantastic. That's true. They may not actually be. It depends on if. Wouldn't when that be a fantastic adventure? We get a bunch of player characters together who think that there's some cultists that are going to summon some horrible demon, but they're all just a bunch of crackpots and they go in and they murder them. <laughs> oh my god, that would be awesome! And I'm like, what? You just wiped out it the Scientology search. It was uh, real. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be litigation now, so now it's Dude, a it's a litigation think, game. Hold on, I don't even think you can say that on a program like this without opening yourself for litigation. <laughs> so we were totally not talking about Scientology. We were talking about Mennonites. They don't Mennonites, watch podcasts because they don't have electricity. You're going to go from Savage Worlds no, to I mean, lawyers and litigation. It's going to be the difference. It's going to be the subsect papers, of papers Savage Worlds. We have papers, paper, pages. Uh, of the Hill people says boo. The Disney. Three Musketeers is a treasure. Stork is wrong. Hashtag. Of the Hill People. Right on. <laughs> of, of the Hill People. Have you ever watched the original that that was stolen from? Ugh. It's not stolen. Go watch it's a that. Remake. No, it's, uh, it, it's not it's a stolen. Remake? The, okay. What do they call it? The Three Cannoneers? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I see your Disney's Three Musketeers and I raise you a Barbie's Three Musketeers because oh, I that. grew that up in that era. You know what? That rocks. Allie was watching that. You know what? The Barbie ago. movies awesome. are actually really good. Mm-hmm. I, I remember. I, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna sit down and watch these things, and I'm I'm riveted with Except my kids. The animation. They've, they've gotten <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> as as the animation has gotten better, the stories have gotten worse. But I'm still watching them. <laughs> what about Man in the Iron Mask? Terrible. Oi, 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 oi. Ishtar. You know what? Ishtar is a just. It kind of sits alone in its own little star. It's a galaxy of its own. It, it really is. <laughs> it was an ambitious movie. These guys are making a real movie. Nobody. It, you know what? It, you know what? I realized it. What it is? It's. It is the equivalent of Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. Big Trouble in Little China was a comedy, but the studio didn't tell anybody it was a comedy. So people showed up thinking it was an action adventure. What the hell is this? And and I was Kurt Russell years later said, I don't know what the studio was thinking, but I was making a comedy. <laughs> I thought, and I think that's the problem with Ishtar. Is like I don't know what the studio was thinking, but we were doing a road, a comedy road show. I right. don't know what they marketed it as. I thought Ishtar was the name of the 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 T Rex monster in Rugrats. It might have been Reptar. 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 Yeah, you're talking about Reptar. <laughs> Running a cyberpunk noir game from Zoom Farg. Who's Ooh. reading? You want to take that one? To the esteemed Douchenificent Council. See, they always come up with an interest. I'm, I'm constantly amazed. I've gotten pretty interested in running a cyberpunk game, though I'm not super familiar with the genre. Both noir themes and high stories seem pretty common in cyberpunk fiction. Do you have any general advice on prepping on those sorts of games? More specifically, do you have any advice for creating noir-type twists? I'm afraid of prepping a twist that A, flops, or B, blindsides the players in an unfun way. I'm not trying to deceive the players after all. I'm just trying to create an intricate mystery. I'm planning on running this game in Fate using a stripped down version of the Interface Zero setting. Thanks, ZoomFarg on the forums. Uh, you know what? Interface Zero is a really good setting. I, I own it. <coughs> it's still Fate. <laughs> tell us how you is really feel, Stork. Mm-hmm. No, don't. Don't don't tell us. We'll yeah. get it. Only get There's lots of flavors. There's lots and lots of flavors of fate, just like there is lots and lots of flavors of Apocalypse World. And I think, I think again, it, it depends on your GMs and such. But fate is a lot of bookkeeping. The best, the best key I can tell for anybody running fate, not that you care, was uh, something I saw Mauser do. He's, he had a little brother printer. Yeah, and he would print up 
what the little things were, and that he put those the out. Aspects. Yeah, aspects. the aspects, yeah. and he put those out. Little stickers, and <laughs> yeah. And, and, then, and then when they were changing, he told them away and put up a new aspect. And that is a really, really oh. great idea. Uh, Interface Zero is also a savage. Also in Savage Worlds, they did a dual Kickstarter. That's and, what I'm thinking of. I and have Pathfinder. And Pathfinder too. That's what he says. They yep. did. They did. Fate, Savage Worlds, and Pathfinder. They covered pretty much the entire gamut there. They actually wanted <laughs> to retire and not have to like do real jobs anymore. Yeah, they went, they they went from the money. right to the left. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb because <laughs> they didn't retire off of it. Yeah. So what's he asking here? He's asking how to run a cyberpunk game mm. and also how to he wants for, for creating noir-like twists. The thing about noir, noir is not a genre, it's a tone. It is. It means yeah. it means dark. So, yeah. so I was actually in a noir class, a noir literature class. You need to, you last need to push term. your glasses yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you actually. just said actually. <laughs> um, I was in a noir literary class last term in college, and the key for noir twists, according to my teacher, was. The m- right at the moment when you think everything is going to be okay, make it not okay again. That's pretty much it. Oh, wow. That, that's it. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just the moment you're... Just the moment... Like, you come out of a problem, and the moment you think everything is going to be okay, make it not okay. Wow. It can, that's, yeah. it, can, it can be a last minute somewhat, some uh, NPC uh. goes, no, I've had enough with this, and kills the person you're trying to save. Okay. Right. Like, yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere, but it's also one of those, like, small, simultaneously large things. Just the moment it's about to be okay, it's Mm not. See, I was going to spend more time defining what noir is, which is where you were going, because there's film noir, which is sort of, like, dark darks and light lights, and, you know, it's a a look, it's a genre, it's a a feel. There's uh, noir pulp, there's cyber noir. Noir has been overused a lot. The actual word, I think, means... It no. means noir means Dark. black. Black. Okay. That, it that is black. that is the word. So I think the direct translation. So there's the, depending on what you're aiming for when or what it is you mean by noir. There's a lot of different ways to approach the answer to this question. Her answers. <laughs> her answers pretty much spot on when I, it comes to doing a, a really good adventure. I, I think I just want to take that <laughs> that <laughs> phrase right there and integrate it into my GMing because that's <laughs> right. just. That's awesome GM advice right there. Which is <laughs> as soon as everybody thinks everything's okay, make it not okay. You know how? Do you know how exhausting that's going to be for your players if they're not expecting that? Though that's well, true. That's true. You should, every once in a while, you do have to I mean, give if them an okay. If you're yeah. buying it, okay, right, we're you running. Can't. We're running a cyberpunk noir game. You know things aren't going to ever turn out great, right? The well, you you don't know that as a character. You you, you assume no, that everything's going to be player, fine. But you as a player, yeah, but going into it, you know. <laughs> well, see, because if you have a game. Where as soon as everyone thinks everything okay is it's not okay, uh, then you just have the mode of sin. You can only <laughs> go ahead. You can only get away with that once. Right. Like af- after the second time you do that, people are like, "Come on, right. where's my happy like ending?" <laughs> well, I was going to say, and there's been a lot of complaints about that on the forum too, from, I was, the, from the spectator. I was going to say that that when you're running a noir game, whether it's cyberpunk or whatever, you need to be really, you need to mine it from the story, and you need to be paying close attention to the story, Bill. Is very good at turning things on its ear in mid story. I'll give you an example. So a ship lands, and it's a it's a Y thirty Y thirty Y thirteen freighter. It's like oh, I'm like I look up. It, it, is it that ship? He goes, it's the idiot's array. And 
everything turned on its ear at that point. We're like, oh my god, he's back! Oh my god, not that guy! And it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. He was looking at us, he was looking at the moment, and later on he said, yeah, I, I just came up with that at the end. And it was right. a cliffhanger. It was like, he, he brought this guy back. It was just the perfect moment, because he was listening. He was, a, he was a, The feedback loop was going. We're giving him stuff, he's giving us stuff, and he listened, and he went <coughs> and dropped it back in. And I think that that's with noir detective films, with new, like uh, noir... But Blade Runner, any of those things, it is stuff that happens in the story that suddenly turns itself on its ear. A, a surprise that nobody was expecting. But to do that correctly, it needs to happen within story. You can't necessarily plan it. Yeah. The I'm going to go back to what I said. I, a noir is a feeling. Mm-hmm. It is a tone. Are you it's saying tome or tone? tone. Tone. Okay. It's dark. Tone like a mood. There's a lot of moral ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of uh, hopelessness because it is the whole. The whole point of it is the whole. The whole. There's no. There's no good. Good. There's no happy endings. Yeah, the That's whole point of noir <clears throat> is to reveal something dark about the world. Not necessarily like a, ooh, big reveal, ooh, look at all this corruption going on. It's just kind of like a, hey, so just to remind you that the world isn't always bright and happy, there are dark side, there, there are shadows sometimes. Um, and so it's filled with a lot of like bittersweet endings. Like, I, I guess a way to put this into a gaming context would be make your players compromise. Don't give them a happy ending. Make them compromise. Give them a bittersweet ending. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Is it? It's not. You 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 can't come out winning the whole thing. Like someone someone's gonna die that you don't want to have died over the course of it. It doesn't have to be a player character. It can be just in general someone dies. Whoops, well, they can sorry. leave. You know, to, uh, Casablanca. They put her on the plane. It's. Yeah, it, it's supposed to reveal something dark about the world, and then there's a lot of tropes that go into it that you can look up on any Wikipedia page. But See, this is why we got to have more college students on. <laughs> I know. She just took a noir class. She's like, yeah, nailed it. And the thing is, <laughs> most cyberpunk, by definition, is going to be noir right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's, it's a dystopian world. It is, yeah. right? Yeah. You, there, there's net. <clears throat> I've never read a William Gibson book where the world wasn't fucked up. Right, where there's a happy ending all all the time. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. The closest yeah. one was Adoru, but mm-hmm. <laughs> that was wrong. That's the one about the. I know, and there's a iron lung involved at the end. And well, no, the guy that falls in love with the virtual, not real person. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so right right off the bat, you're you're already if you're running certain thing, you're probably running a noir game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a sense, you just need to emphasize that stuff. You need to emphasize the hopelessness of the world. The Empha- black emphasize the st- the status mm-hmm. of the players, the characters in the game. They're not playing corporate presidents. Yeah, they're not even playing worker bees in the mid level corporations. They're on probably on the street. Yeah, they're they're at the yeah. bo- lo- lowest rung in the economic ladder. Yeah, think, think that's uh, what you need to emphasize. You're exploring the shadows and the grit and the grime. Think Daredevil. Don't think Iron Man. Right. Think. <coughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, uh, think uh, Casablanca. Don't think Buck Rogers. And even if even if they do they do a mission, and it comes out okay, and they do actually get paid and don't get screwed, right? 
Because megacorps, it's not enough money to change their situation. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they might be able to buy a new piece of equipment, or maybe or eat, repair something, yeah. or eat, or <laughs> right. pay rent. Yeah, it's Woo! not going to change their life. I could get a hotel for the week. Oh, damn it! I do that all the time. How bad did the camera? Did I mess it up? Uh, it needs to come down a little bit. Of course, uh, one of my favorite noirs is actually Roger Perfect. Rabbit. Little bit, little Roger, bit. Roger Rabbit is a great homage Wait, to, to the detective yeah, noir fine. genre. Good. Um, and it's a great mystery film, and it's it evo- happens up. to evolve. It, it is and it isn't because it's still its own thing. And you're in, you're in rapture. You're like, what the hell's going on? And it's like, I love Roger. Roger Rabbit is. A- I can't finish it. Why? Why? I hate it. Why? I just I can't stand it. So you know, you know how you know how you have those uh, <laughs> weird. Is it his voice? That's what my mom says. She can't stand his voice. No, I just Please. all, all the time you it. pulled my ears. All the time you pulled my ears, Eddie. So. You know that list that everybody has? It's like the exception list that when you when you have a significant other, you're like, well, if this person ever comes knocking on my door, I just get a yes from you that I get to go and you know do whatever I want, right? I think everybody has one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Rabbit. That's oh, you're fine then. Yeah, Jessica Rabbit ever right. shows up at my door. Sorry, man. She actually has to be an animated cartoon, though. It can't be a cosplayer. No, no, no. Jessica, I'm talking. Yeah. Actual, actual Jessica, Jessica Rabbit, Rabbit in real shows, life. She shows up at my door. Sorry, Mary. I'm going to be gone for. Because I, I know your girlfriend. If, if a cosplayer dressed as Jessica Rabbit shows up at your door, you're, you're dead. <laughs> We're going to go play patty cake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I met your girlfriend. She's, she's a force of nature. Yeah. Yep. And she's got a dangerous brother. Yeah, she totally does. Uh. So did we answer his question enough? I don't know. Yeah. I, I think so. Cyberpunk is We're not all just blown away by Emily's answer. I'm like, well, that ended that one. <laughs> yeah, Cyberpunk is not one of my um, fortes or forts, however you... Well, uh, okay, here's the thing. I, I I played a really bad Cyberpunk game. I played a really bad um, Shadowrun game. Yeah, but I'm sure a you lot of very bad well, regular sci-fi games are really I bad did, fantasy but, but games. But the thing about Shadowrun, and, when, and I think I need to warn really everybody... <laughs> Let me finish with my thought. Is is that it's all about the planning ahead of time. You spend two or three hours buying and getting mm. IDs made and, and gearing up, up and, and gearing up and um, I need body for my cyber arm. Yeah. Well, more than that, just prepping. We're going to need fake IDs. It's kind of like Mission Impossible. You need to like we need to make a mask of this guy, and we need to get fake IDs. We need to get uniforms made, and then we need to check out the systems. And we need to find out the security, and then we need to find out you know the the, the families of the of the guards so that we can blackmail yeah. them, or, or all of that stuff needs to happen. And then the, then the actual event happens in like ten minutes. But most it's of it is all the prep ahead of time. Try to avoid that, and the only way to avoid that is as a GM. Being really present with your players and and giving yeah. and, and taking. Don't have an agenda in your head. If they're going to let's say break somebody out of a of a thirty story Tokyo apartment building, and there's guards up and down, right? That's all you should do. They need to come up with the solutions, and then you should yes and the hell out of it yeah. so that they yeah. can do that. Otherwise, you're going to end up with a five six hour prep session. And a ten minute game. It's I, boring. I almost agree with that, except for one thing. Yeah. As they're casing the place, give them a real complicated, horrible wrinkle that they have to try to figure out. Yeah. That's my that it, watching heist films. That's always my favorite part. It's like well, it's, we got a pro- we got a Brad Pitt walks in. We got a problem, or Don Cheadle walks in. We got a problem. 
You know what I mean? So and, and they're yeah, like, it's, oh, it's, how it's are we like get that, around that? It's like that Firefly <laughs> episode where they have to break into the hospital. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's right. It's a good one. The, the Well, we're at the junkyard. It, does there happen to be a med helicopter in oh, the look, junkyard? One. And the GM, <laughs> yes, and the shit out of that. There totally <laughs> is. But then the NPC fucks everything up when he's like, yeah, I'm actually going to try and turn these two in and get the reward myself. Well, and, that, and then everything goes And that's what out. I was going to say. My favorite part about the heist film is when it goes sideways. Or you think it goes sideways, and right. it turns out that they were just screwing over the guy that was trying to screw them over. Yeah, that's the best part. Which is like, yeah, we're going to take all the money, and we're going to we're going to give him the bricks, and he's going to think it's the money, and then I'm going to give it to my girlfriend, who, who everybody thinks is cheating them, but she's actually on our side. And at the end, we all sit down on a beach, and we divvy out the money, and we never see each other again. And that's the best part. But it's like when it's that double double cross. But you can't. This is, uh, well, the only way to do that is to by paying attention to your players, and if somebody slacks you, going. Dude, I want to have a NPC girlfriend who's going to actually, you know, go with it. Go with that. Otherwise, it's going to be railroady, and it's all about the prep, and it's boring. I found that the I disagree that it's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I found that a good plan does goes a long way, but the more detailed your plans are, the more disappointed you're going to end up. Like, yes, have a plan, have a good plan, but don't plan out the conversations. Don't plan out like. The, what, what you think is going to happen at the end of it? It's just have an idea, but like the more details you get, the more disappointed you're going to get when it's they don't kid. do that. Uh, I disagree that 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 kind of game is necessarily boring. It may not be your cup of tea. I get it. I would love to run a game where the players had that kind of a problem and sat down and said, "Okay, let's we're going to go in. I'm going to send people in. We're going to send people in in uh, in disguise to go through and just gather intelligence." And figure out what's going on. We're going to try to see if we can find the plans for the building, da da da, and all that stuff. I love that kind of stuff. Give me. You need to run a group shadow run then. Just I, don't I, do I won't it in run Shadowrun. shadow run. No, I won't run shadow run. All right. I do a cyberpunk game. Except the problem. The problem with cyberpunk now is technology made a yeah. severe turn. Yeah, where's my flying car, man? And it's and it's cyberpunk has become very quaint. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, who was it that was talking about? They they pulled out. One of the original cyberpunk games, and and they were amazed at the fact that in the cyberpunk game they were taught. Memory's fuzzy, so I might not be one hundred percent correct, but like they had a wireless network that could do networks across two rooms without any wires. And today we're like, huh? You know? Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm in the middle of the desert. Yeah, I'm in the middle of the desert. Well, not really. Depends on what desert. You don't have a sat- satellite phone. You could, you could I'm still going uh, to space. Going to space. You can give it a second. You, if you think of the Matrix, you could still do it. They still yeah. have wireless phones. They still made it work. But I, I know what you're saying because a lot of us are pretty much all deckers now, anyway, because we've got the Oracle yeah, in our pocket. Pretty much, yeah. You know, and that guy isn't needed anymore because we can all like. Well, Why, what's your place on the on the team? Because he did got it right he here. Was, he was not just a computer user. No, that's true. <laughs> well, but then again, Generally but then so. again, we still do have uh, computer programmers mm-hmm. and all the people who write the software that's in the Oracle in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So, Could and I say that maybe they're kind of like the nah, because my kid can do it decker. too. You were telling me about the visual uh, the visual programming that uh, your kid uh, scratch. Yeah, scratch. Yeah, that that was on the that was on the Raspberry Pi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot more to it than just having a scratch. Though. Yeah. yeah, the the the, um, but I, I I think that I I like when the players come up with a plan, 
And then if I, I, as I'm listening to the plan, if they missed something, that gives me a left turn or a wrench to throw into the plan. Or when they go through and they case the joint, all of a sudden, and then they plan everything out and they come back and they realize, oops, okay, the guy that we blackmailed who's guarding the front door isn't here today. What happened to him? I don't know. He's got the flu. He's at home. Shit. 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 You, know, you can throw in that little wrench and still make it exciting. Yeah, but, but, I, play but with, I, I play with the GM who was like, uh, so actually, none of you guys bought walkie-talkie, so how is it you're communicating? There's a oh. there's a difference between... Well, that doesn't mean the whole genre is not fun. No, that's true. <laughs> there's a difference between having a plan and planning every single minor detail. Because when you plan every single minor detail, that can get a little bit boring. Sure. But when you have a good plan, yeah, that that's cool. That's cool. But you know, like like she said, if you're like, well then the guard's gonna ask me, How are you today? And I'm going to say, I'm fine, and then I'm gonna pass him the secret word of the eagle flies at night, and then he's going to say, It sure does, but only in a full moon, and then we'll know he's our guy. You know, that that's when it's like, Oh, come on, man, you're killing me, dog. Right, sure. Yeah. I get that. Passive player feedback from Axel from the UK. I think it's my previously friend. from Nikki Nick, previously from Germany. So he's 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 in, he's in the United Kingdom. He's a he world originally from New York drama. City, and previously from Germany. All right, of course he is. His name's Axel. Oh, Happy Jacks crew! You were mightily reduced in numbers in this episode, and it showed. You are so much better when there are at least three of you in the room. When were there only two of us? That was just him and I, and you. That's are they, three. Are they talking uh, about you don't last count. episode? I think they're talking about last episode. I don't know what the deal is. I think he's basically talking about the episode where it was you and I and Stu. I thought <coughs> that was a really good episode. Uh, uh, apparently, it, it's me. I, no, I, I think it was. I don't count. I think he said it was fifteen. I don't know. Go ahead. Okay. Anyway, um, you usually manage to cover a question from a variety of angles, but I think your answer regarding the passive player with his PC mainly hiding was missing. One important aspect. Remember this one about the. He was a. This, well, you'll read it. You'll remember. It was our. It was our. It was, it, you it, and it, I was he, he turned and could turn on invisible or no? He, they were playing vampire, right? No. Oh, I think I do remember now. Yeah. No, no. Carry on. You'll you'll remember. I think the situation is far more serious than you can probably imagine. You're surrounded by great players all the time. In which case, your suggestions, <laughs> such as pulling hooks from backstories, will definitely work. However, I am almost certain they would not work on this player. Mm. Remember, it's gotten to the stage where other players point out he should not receive the same amount of XP, and yet nothing has changed. The next step is usually (coughs) that the PCs and players refuse to take this character along on their adventures. My experience with these super passive players, who think they play these super cool loner characters... (laughs) is that they will do anything to get out of any hooks, responsibilities, or ties. They get a call that their sister is captured. Oh, well, she was not all that special after all. <laughs> That's true. Oh, just drop my mic. That's funny. Uh, they get a... Uh, I read that one. Uh, well, she was not special after all. They hear that their sire is in trouble. Too bad for him. Time for me to grow up. <laughs> Etc. They are not interested in changes changes to their cool character concept, 
They do not want to face real challenges. They just want to chug along thinking they're cool. Okay, All yeah. Right. This was the vampire game. Yeah, it was. Because the guy was playing a Nosferatu. Yeah. And he had obfuscate. He kept and obfuscating, he would, yeah. he would put unseen presence on him and just hide in a corner. Yep. Okay. I, I remember this now, yeah. I see only three options. One, serious GM to player talk. I can feel that the other players are getting tired of you being so passive and not really playing along with the story. They're not going to tolerate this much longer, and for me as GM, this is not how I want to run my games. I need you to take up some of the hooks I throw at you and start interacting with the story and the other characters. Is that fair, though? I mean, I mean, really? It's like, you need to, you need to start picking up my hooks. I mean, is that... Well, okay. if, he's, if he's literally not picking up any hooks the entire time, he's the... I'm going to sit here until you entertain me in the way that I want. It's being an obstructionist, yeah. Well, I wonder if... I wonder if it's a case where everyone else is involved and he's playing the shadowy Nosferatu who hangs about in the corner, uh, unseen, and then when the opportunity presents itself for him to better himself without having to do anything, he does it. I wonder if that's a conversation not like this says, but a conversation of, you know what? I don't think that character concept really fits this game and this party. There you mm-hmm. go. All right. Maybe maybe we should look at a different character concept, one that's more, you know, in line with the rest of the party and in line with where the game is going. Because it doesn't look like you're having fun. Yeah, because the could, other players aren't having fun. Because it could be that this guy's like, oh no, this is my concept. I totally wanted well, this guy to be someone. That's an excuse. True, <laughs> but even so, maybe you know, maybe it's that. Let's look at a different character for you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, getting back to the email. Number two of his only three options. Serious player play, to player talk. Similar to the above, but at a level harder, usually as a full-on negative feedback from all other players to the one passive players can be quite harsh. Mm-hmm. So basically the GM says, well, hey... You're talking about all the other players talking to him? Yeah, That's a bad idea. Up on just, it's just going to cl- close up. That'll actually lead to three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that would be that would be like Stu saying, "Tim, Emily, go talk to Stork, man. He's being a dick." It'll lead it'll lead directly to, to or, it'll or lead directly. directly to Stork going, "F this, I'm out." Which brings us to number three on the email. Which, right, which brings us to number three. Kick him out of your game. Yes, you make one person unhappy, but if you keep him, you'll make all the other players unhappy. Remember, as much as there are some bad GMs out there and bad RPG systems. There are many bad players in the world, and it's not always up to the GM and the good players to go out of their way to make things work. Sometimes a wake-up call or kick out of the group is the better option. Keep up the good work. The simple fact that I've sent this long email shows how much your show gets me thinking. I love it. Thank you. Axel, now in the UK, formerly NYC, originally Germany, Long Story. I didn't know there was a place called Long Story in Germany. Hmm. No, that's another country. Long story. <laughs> that's where he's born. That's where he started. He was born in Long Story. <laughs> yeah. Then moved to Germany. But it's in German, so I, I speak German. That's so is un long story. But it could be it could be an actual short story, but it's so hard to listen to. People leave. <laughs> right. It's, it's actually a short story, but German words are so damn long. They are. I think Long Story would be a, a Hobbit city, a Hobbit town. Yeah, it totally would. Except even more, more like Long Road. Long, long saga. Yeah, long. Yeah. I can okay. See that. But but getting getting to the meat of this here, which is which is, I mean, he's you, you basically have three options for. Okay, I'm reminded of a guy 
he had a mental breakdown. Things happened, but he showed up for a game that I was running at one point, and he was a total obstructionist. He made the worst character he could. He didn't pick up plot hooks, and he was and he because he GM'd and he played, so we knew exactly what to do to not move the game. Is this on, on a one-time occasion? Do this or every time? Well, after that, it was like Dennis, you're not allowed back in the game. But but at the I mean, I was just probably like, just a foul move. Well, he was. <laughs> But he was also, but he was that way for a long time. But the point is, he he, I spent that game trying to accommodate him, and he spent the whole game obstructing and blocking and 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 at that point, what do you do? You can't just stop the game. Everybody else has showed up, mm-hmm. and he was a dick. And and it happens if you if, if you know you you have players that that know the structure of a game well enough, they know exactly what to do to f your game up. And if he's in a bad mood, or if he, or or even he just wants to be the center of attention, they can push those buttons and make themselves the center of the game, good yeah. or bad, all night long. We well, used to go yeah. ahead. So a lot of my role play experience has actually been playing games, just like like text chat based games that don't really have any regulation. There's no GM. There's no rule book. Like mushes. There's, that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's just like we're, we're in a chat room and we're just playing yeah, a game. Yeah. Um, and I see a lot of people do that when there's no like rules to, 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 to skirt around. They're, people just don't participate or they participate too much. They make a lot of Mary Sue's and are just a lot of, well, I fixed this problem with, the, with a wave of my hand. Um, and like I, I get a lot of those, I see a lot of people like that, and I've been that person before, where it's like, oh no, my character, I'm, I'm so into my character who is so like out of, like I, I don't want anything to do with what's happening right now, so I'm just going to not participate, and everyone else is going, all right, we're going to leave you behind then, bye. Um, and I, I, I still don't know how to fix it, so I, I completely understand the frustration that comes along with this and what I've found is that it's not as easy as talking to them and saying hey you can't do this because <coughs> people get so connected to these characters that that we when we say hey I don't think that this is a good idea I think you need to we need to find a different character for you to play here the person goes oh no my character's fine it's your game that's wrong and I ugh. what do you do yeah how do you the, At that point, that person's just uh, having a bad day, and they're they're being a dick maybe. on purpose, or they're that way all the time. Well, <laughs> but I, the but other thing I've noticed is that it does come to a wake up call. It's like you can tell them all you want that you don't think that this is a good idea, that no one's having fun with this, and people will get mad and storm off and be like, "Oh no, this is fu- I'm doing great," and storm away. And then if you say, "Okay, we'll come back when you actually like take my advice," and it'll take months, but they'll come back, but. I'm not the problem. And Everyone else is the problem. And then <laughs> and, until they realize that they actually are the problem. But it takes a while. Like, it's not just you oh, can't sure. just have one well, conversation and be done with it. Sometimes it never do. Sometimes that's when it you takes move decades. If it ever happens. <laughs> if it ever happens. That's when you move game night to Tuesday night <laughs> and tell everyone except that person. But, I, I mean... <laughs> they find out. Yeah, but they early on... They do. Early on, we used to give the advice <clears throat> for the first, like, five or six sessions or seasons... Kick them out of the game. Don't, yeah. play the game. Don't play with them. Yeah. And then we had people call us to the carpet. It was like, look, you guys live in an area with a really high yeah, population yeah, yeah. density. Yeah. yeah. We're you got a lot blessed. of gamers per square mile. Yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah. If some guy who lives in North Dakota 
and he lives in a town, and there's three other people that play RPGs. Those are the three people you've got. It. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you gotta play with them because if you want to play games, you either try, you have to tr- at least try to fix it. I mean, you may end up having to kick him out because of the four people who play a role play role playing games in South Bend, North Dakota. Three of them are having a miserable time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to think about that at some point too. But yeah. I don't know. It. I have run into people that derive pleasure in making other people miserable, and sometimes that's what they're in role playing games for. They make grognard or they they min max characters, and they win every combat they're in. And if they can't do that, they come up and they're an obstructionist. Hey, so the princess wants us to go rescue their kid. Uh, I'm going to leave the town, or I kill the princess, right? And they do stuff like that to make themselves the center of attention to win whatever it is. And they're just toxic people. And I don't. There's no good solution for them because they have different ways of getting around it. Sometimes you don't even know they're toxic. They're like a good friend of yours or whatever. And the next thing you know, it's like, dude, my friend's a fucking grognard mid-maxer. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the type of person. Shit, what do we do now? That's the type of person who says who you can say. I'm starting a new game. I need you to create characters from Los Angeles. And they go, awesome. I'm a dude who lives in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. And I was born in Tonga. I, I, and, and I know you're going to have to play, Come but on, I want to play a ninja, right? Because that, that's right. what this, that, that song exemplifies this kind of personality. Yeah, yeah it does. But I want to play a ninja. They had ninjas in, in the Old West, they had ninjas in the 1800s. Oh, but in they had fucking Chinese. Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's that guy. And, and, and is there an easy solution for them? Because we run into them all the time. There isn't one. I mean, no. it's it's a case by case basis to deal with these personalities. And sometimes the adult conversation ends badly. Yeah. yeah, but it ends and they're gone. But yeah, yeah, conversations are hard. You know, they are. Since I started gaming with Tyler and that whole group, Tyler and Casey and Angie and Bruce, and then hooked up with all you guys I haven't run across people like that before when I gamed with other groups and so on and so forth they were fairly common Mm -hmm. so I think Happy Jacks and and our fans our listeners I think we're all kind of lucky in that regard I think the most of us don't see it too much anymore. But it's out there. I mean, you've got people writing in about it now. They're still out there. They, and some people don't know they're doing it wrong. They don't know that there. that's yeah. a bad way to play it. That's just the way they play it. That's what they derive pleasure from, well, is making you suffer. Well, you should always... Communication is always the best solution to a problem if you can make it work. Mm-hmm. Talking to a person is always the best... Because, assuming they don't know, they, you don't, they don't know that that's not how you're supposed to play the game. Um, that it's more fun if you play a different way. Um, encourage them to branch out and choose a completely like, make have them play a completely different kind of character. Yeah. I didn't know that I could have so much more fun playing a bard until I tried it after doing my same character that I played every single time, the halfling rogue. For four years, I was the halfling rogue, Bard's and then I was like, rap. "Oh, hey, look! I'm, 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 hey, look! I'm a bard. I'm having fun suddenly, yeah. and now I'm playing a Viking." So, like. <laughs> 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 so, like, if you encourage people to branch out, maybe that'll work, but it has to be 
in a way that isn't saying, hey, you're doing this yeah. wrong. It needs to be a, a hey, I think we need to try something different as a group. Yeah, yeah. But, but how many people listened to that? I mean, how many people came up to you and said, I think you need to try something other than a halfling rogue? No no one told me that I needed to just try, a, just try something other than a halfling rogue. I so just suddenly <coughs> realized that I was bored with being the halfling rogue because I would stay out of things and I wouldn't do things because I'm going oh no I'm busy being sneaky in the background and then I started playing a bard and went oh my god confrontation is so much more fun <laughs> right so so let's, let's let's say that you're in a game and I, I want to ask you personally mm -hmm. okay the party's made up of a paladin of the light and a cleric <coughs> of the light and um, a druid not of the light, but of nature, so very... Of the green. Of the green, <laughs> right? And you're playing a halfling rogue. And you guys go through a couple of adventures, and uh, it's okay. And then the GM comes up to you and says, You know, we've got three really kind of holy people here, and we're kind of playing a holy game, and, and you're playing a halfling rogue. It's not really fitting in the game or with the party. Maybe we could get you to try something else. How would you take that? So... It's it's hard to answer <coughs> that question because as me personally, um, it A, depends on who said it and what they actually said to preface the question. Because if they're like, hey, so we've kind of got this thing going and what you're doing isn't really working. Let's work together and find something different. Um, it, it needs to be said in a way that doesn't feel like... They're saying you're doing this wrong, but so, so it's how it's said. So it's yeah, not it's, like it's, an attack. It's, yeah, it's it's how it's said more than anything. Okay. Um, and geeks are such great communicators. I'm sure that's never going to go exactly. wrong. Exactly. Right. Um, All the tact ever. Ever. All the tact ever. <laughs> They're so good with emotions and words and talking and stuff. Because <laughs> the last you're playing the wrong character, playing everyone. <laughs> Sorry, the last, go ahead. The, the last time someone gave me a very and actually very valid criticism about something that I did with one of my characters they asked me for like a writing sample and so I just gave them a writing sample and they're like um this writing sample doesn't fit with your character um based on what you've told us I think you need to uh go back and look at the, uh, at what you've done and come back to us when it's better the last time someone did that to me I was so mad did you tell them From... that they were number one yes <laughs> well no I didn't you're I, number I, one <laughs> I, I, I didn't say it to their faces but I, I, I walked away and was like that is so how, how dare you say that to me My, you asked for a writing sample you even said that the writing sample didn't have anything to, didn't have to have anything to do with my character and I just happened to make it about my character why are you attacking me like this and I ended up like completely walking away altogether and never came back to them. I've never mm -hmm. spoken to that person since. Wow. Um, okay. So like it really does depend on how it's said. Um, but if the best suggestion is not to say you're doing this wrong, but rather to say uh, I have a suggestion for how we can make this better together. Don't okay. put it on the person. Mm -hmm. Make it a group thing. Um, don't make it a bad thing. Make it a good thing. Like, hey, you're doing great. Let's do something else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of people might see through that. Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> might, but at least you didn't say they suck. Listen. So what you're saying is use the, the compliment sandwich. Mm -hmm. You're playing your character great. It doesn't really fit with the game. Right. But let's get you a character that you can play really well in the game. Right, right. <laughs> I don't think 
think your character's really mm. meshing well with the other characters here. So unless we're going to make that a plot point, I think we need to go with a different route. I have this idea for your character, except that they're going to need to have some holy properties to make this work correctly. Can we retool your character a bit so that she has a, a, div- a divine background? Because it's going to blend in with the other characters as well. I'll work with you on this. I have a great idea for your halfling rogue character, but it has to be a cleric. <laughs> so and it can't be a halfling. <laughs> and it can't be a halfling. We're going to make your halfling so rogue... Can we make that happen? A bar. <laughs> you can still be the thief, but well, that's magic. Can we suddenly... Just make your halfling rogue like a paladin, like suddenly bless your halfling right. rogue halfway through this campaign. Well, you know, the god you of can still be the rogue, the god of but this will be great. So you are suddenly more powerful and you have magic. I think this is going to be fine. Let's go for it. The god of thieves <laughs> needs a needs a, a thief That's paladin. That's true. They do need paladins. Yeah. Or Paladin. That's don't the even, way I don't, don't even do it. Just like, so, don't even ask them. Just suddenly, like, just in the middle of a campaign. Suddenly, suddenly. It's like, and I've blessed your character. Blessed you are now the, the paladin. So. You are now the paladin of the god Ver- Veridian. You, you've, you've now taken on a level of paladin. Enjoy <laughs> the gift. <laughs> Oot. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's a yeah, that's that's a tough thing. You know how do you how do you correct a character or correct a player mid course? Without pissing them off, and it's, I there's no easy answer. It's going to be a case by case basis, and I know people in the best of of intentions piss people off. Yeah, I've done it with good friends of mine. Uh, I've had discussions with people, and people take things wrong, or they're just not in the right mood to hear it, and they're mad and they're yeah. furious. Or some things are just hard to hear. Some things are just yeah, hard to hear. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's not good. It's not easy. Not good. Not good. All right, I'm going to end it. It's good. It's just not easy. Okay. There you go. Bye, everyone. There it is. It's the Russian National Anthem. Where listeners of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. Thank you for joining us for Season 19, Episode 18 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. Stork. Proby Tim. We'll see you next week. Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific Time. This Sunday, you can uh, watch Session 3 of Blood, Blade, and Tusk. And then on Monday, we have... Session 3, where magic happens. Rifts, Savage Rifts, the Tomorrow Legion, and then... Oh, are they playing D&D on Saturday? I don't remember. Why are you shouting? Because there's music blaring in my ears. Why are you (laughs) shouting? Anyway, that's it. Thank you very much. We'll leave you with a song. There might be D&D tomorrow at 8, but I don't know. Oh, no, at 5. 4? Niner. Take care. Bye, Sorry. chat room. Let's go. Bye, chat room. Happy Jack's podcast will be douchebags all. Room for a lad that's come from seas. Hey, jolly room, man. That gladly now would take his ease. Therefore make me room man To France, the Netherlands and Spain Hey jolly room man I cross the seas and back again And therefore make me room man Yet in these countries there lived I Hey jolly room man And valiant soldiers I've seen die And therefore make me room man And hundred gallons there I kill Hey jolly room man Besides the world of blood I spilled And Make me room, man. In Germany, I took the town. Hey, jolly 
Spanish fleet did call. Hey, jolly man. I drove them back with fiery balls. And therefore make me man. From Aaron's Isle they held their boast. Hey, jolly man. So I ran their ships into the coast. And therefore make me man. At Holland's Leaguer there I fought. Hey, jolly man. But the service proved too hot. And therefore make me man. And from the league returned I. Hey, jolly man. Naked, hungry, cold, and dry. And therefore make me man. But here now come past the globe. Hey, jolly man. And I'm returned as poor as Joe. And therefore make me man. And now I'm safe returned here. Cup of English beer. And therefore make me room man. The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.